the next one that I saw that I thought was really interesting was uh, a question that says like, my boy is getting more and more eager to have sex. Even though I've done it with other boyfriends uh, in the past, I'm not ready to jump into it with him. How do I tell him this? And I love this question. And I even like, I love the advice as well, um, because I don't think we've actually broached this kind of question from one of these magazines before, despite talking about sex advice pretty much every episode, um, including the, the segment that we did way back on consent. Mm -hmm. But um, I love that the advice here is like, you have nothing to apologize or feel good about. Like there's nothing wrong with not being ready for sex, even if you already had it. And I think that that's kind of like, a part of consent that maybe wasn't talked about a lot. Like yeah. it's this idea that once you've had sex, you're open for business. And like, I don't, and that's obviously not the case at all, but also the idea that like, you can just, that like sexual attraction and like just plain horniness is like, it ebbs and flows. Like it's you, you, like, just because you've had sex doesn't mean you're like turned on the entire fucking rest of your life and that you get to say no sometimes like or whenever or whenever you want one that is a the the understatement of a of the year her her writing in being like he's getting more and more eager to have sex <laughs> yeah you know what that fucking looks like, like <laughs> you want to do it you want to do it you want to do it yeah, oh, yeah my balls exactly. my balls they hurt Oh, that's the other thing. Oh, God. I just remember being younger and like this whole idea of blue balls. I don't know if guys still do that. Or it talk does about exist. That, it does exist. It's real. And it no, fucking I don't, kills. I, don't, I don't care if it's Stop real. dry humping for so long. <laughs> but I just remember when I was younger, that was like the like it's sort of like you're in the wrong if you don't do something with me because you're now putting me in physical pain because I it's like go yeah. fucking master. Yeah, he's in control of sure how long off. he dry humps for. Like he's exactly. not like. There's a point, there is a point where you're dry humping where you're like, this isn't going anywhere. Like, we're not going to have sex tonight. I, if I'm uh, in control of myself, I can stop myself. But if you keep yeah. dry humping, that's on you, pal. Yeah. Just go and take care of that business don't, in a fucking don't, bathroom. Don't be like, ooh, if we keep dry humping for an hour, I'll keep trying to push it and push it and push it and see if I can get to the get her horny to the level where we start having sex. There's a certain point where the, you know she's making a conscious choice not to yeah well yeah i, I really hope that now i, I mean i don't know because i don't know any teenagers but i'm like has sex culture changed if you have younger listeners we'd love to hear from you but like yeah has culture changed that you know obviously there's still going to be you know pressure and there's going to be you know yeah. lack of consent and things but i would be interested to know if around this you know consent culture that didn't really exist when we were younger how you know uh, views around sex and around consent and around respecting people and their choices that they make to have or to not have sex and depending how far you want to go like that just didn't exist when yeah, I was a teenager. Teenage yeah, teenage listeners, send us a DM about your horniness. <laughs> no, but that's no, going to go I, great for our FBI agent. But the thing, but it's I, I do I am interested in like we sometimes talk a lot about like you know uh, Teen Vogue and like all the stuff that like consent like that we're talking about now and that's like really really good shit to get into. But back then, like we're talking like November 1997, I was like right in the middle of super fucking awkward high school years. And I literally, my idea of consent was literally, I better be really fucking sure before I have sex, because I know that once I start having sex, I can't say no in the middle of it. Like I can't reverse my, I can't reverse the yes. And so I was t constantly terrified of this idea of like having sex for the first time because I didn't think that I could say no if it got too intense. Like I didn't, I thought I just could never ever reverse it. That I had, it was not an idea of like, consent is explicit and ongoing throughout the entire 
act, I guess. And I just was like, well, I better be fucking sure because I can't say no after I've said yes. There's no turning back. That's exactly what. We've also gotten away from that uh, idea that we had in like the 2000s of liberated women like it had to be super horny all the time like, like sex in the shit somehow yeah, like shit. possessing your sexuality meant like oh i'm just like the guys i'm so horny yeah and like, yeah. we've gotten we're like okay you know you can not be horny all the time it's fine also fucking high schoolers should not be watching sex in the city like that's <laughs> uh i don't i have feelings about no that. one should be watching sex in the city horny. anymore because they're not having samantha on there horny exactly. high schoolers turn off sex in the city dmd <laughs> <laughs> and she will and, and about how horny you are, and she will show up to your house with a pizza and some Mike's Hard Lemonade, and we can just talk about it. And just see no, where it goes. No, don't. That's fucking creepy. All fifteen-year-old boys, <laughs> beefy, please. Oh, no. Oh my god. No, I don't like where that's going. <laughs> Speaking of sexy, the the time that this magazine came out, November ninety-seven. You know that magazines always came out the month before. Usually, yeah. like, the, the October would be for the November issue. I showed up at a Y dance for Halloween in my giant M&M costume with <laughs> matching gloves and, like, big fucking clompy shoes while everyone was dressed as, like, sexy Tinkerbells and cute ladybugs. That's amazing. <laughs> and also, when you said M&M, I was like, oh, no, M&M wasn't there in 97, was he? <laughs> no, oh, no he a was, giant maybe. yellow M&M. I know. I got the candy thing out. At the time that wasn't sexy, now D would kill for a giant yellow M&M to show Absolutely. up at her door. <laughs> Just Dress as an M&M? Let me see. Sit on your face. Yes. <laughs> I'm an M&M's plain chocolate Santa. And I'm a roasted peanut. And he's the M&M's candies man. Who dunks M&M's? Who dunks M&M's? In chocolate, take a guess. In chocolate, can you guess? Who covers them in candy? So there is no chocolate mess. The M&M's man. The M&M's man. The M&M's man. And he adds a lot of love to make it all taste good. The milk chocolate melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Why do I stay high? 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 If I could teach the whole wide world to be a thug in harmony, then I would teach the whole wide world to be a thug stuck just like me. Only knew that we would solve all the strife in the world if we could all just be thugs in harmony. <laughs> now, is that a bone thugs in harmony, like someone who sings in harmony, or is it more a holistic version of being in harmony with nature? We don't know. I will give one of you five dollars if you can name all the members of Bone Thugs. Nope. Congratulations, losing your five dollars. They're my favorite band in high school. Okay, Boom. go. Uh, Busy Bone. We got uh, Crazy Bone, Lazy Bone, and uh, Wishbone, and also featuring Flesh and Bone, who's a sometimes member. All right, you got Don't it. Don't look it up. I got <laughs> well it. Trust me. You did. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Fine. You get five dollars. Um, I can't even. I can't even list all the people in YouTube. So <laughs> I'm really bad at those kinds of questions. You got your Bono. You got your Edge. You got your other guys. <laughs> exactly. You guys could. You guys could literally ask me like name all the members in Shania Twain. Adam, and I'd bomb Adam that Clayton fucking question. is one member of you two, and I don't know the last yes. one. Yes. Uh, it's their fault for not coming up with a one name. Like Bono's like, I'm gonna just be called Bono. Oh, no, sorry. I'm yeah. just going to be called Bono. And the Edge is like, well, I'm just going to be called the Edge. And then everyone else is like, I'm Adam Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> I 
do think that you two is a little bit culty because remember when we all had like we went to bed at night and then we woke up the next morning and everybody had a random fucking U2 album downloaded to their phone. No, exactly. because they didn't have a smartphone then. <laughs> it was downloaded to my Nokia. It says like ring U2 ringtones. Uh, like your razor. Like oh rather God. than it's just like the Bono's fucking head on the snake. <laughs> Oh, so anyway, <laughs> speaking of cults, we have, okay, so this article is literally a perfect example of what I would have bought this issue for, but I would have pretended it was only for the article about like the 27 different uses of eyeshadow, which is, I was lured into a cult by my friends. Yes, I loved it. This, I'm obsessed. I like this, now this isn't the first time we've tackled cults and it won't be the last <laughs> because the title of my notes is literally Cults Oh My God Part 2 because <laughs> the whole reason I used to buy these magazines were for these articles and anytime I came across an issue with like an article about like someone's dad being a weird fucking sex pervert, I would be like, that is the issue that I need yeah. to buy for that fucking weirdo wackadoo article. Um, and so like this is like another example of like one of those like issues I would have just like been immediately buying and like reading under my blanket the way people, <laughs> the way people read like, you know, like <laughs> The boys, boys, boys reading pornos like <laughs> under their leg with a flashlight. It was just me reading like just fucking weird pervert shit when I was younger. Fun fact: <laughs> November 1997 was the last time that the Hail Bop comet was visible. And we all waved bye bye to those Heaven's Gate cult members who <laughs> took a ride on it. <laughs> um, did you guys not think in the 90s that cults were like quicksand? Like they like they just come and like swallow you up like you had no like free will. Like there's... I was very worried about Satan in general and like yes. like that he would come and get me all the time. He was always <laughs> I was worried I had that I was worried about like satanic panic. It's so crazy how much nervous. like Catholic paranoia at the time seemed like religion and now seems like mental illness. <laughs> I was scared about aliens coming <laughs> at me. So fucking scared. All the time more aliens would come any second. I'm and so also worried about Satan that, bro. was always against me and demons would come get me. Yeah, I was I mean like I was scared of all that shit because my favorite book was The Exorcist when I was in like grade three. But anyway, um so the gist of this article is that this girl was a student at Rutgers University and she was preyed upon by members of Campus Advance, which is a university off campus. Um, group uh, that was like a branch off of the International Churches of Christ um, and which was interested in providing like off-campus space for people who are interested in learning about quote-unquote by the Bible as the inspired and unquestionable word of God. So it started off super creepy with some girl pulling up to the victim at an uh, at a bus stop at night while she was waiting for the bus and offering her a ride home. Oh my god, that's the beginning there, of every serial killer podcast I listen to. Literally, but she was. <laughs> but it was like it, so. This girl was standing at this bus stop, and this other car rolled up, and it was this like fucking baby faced girl just stuck her head out the window, being like, "Can I give you a ride home?" And the girl was just like, "This is fucking weird," but then was like like felt really bad because. They started having a conversation about spirituality and like the church and blah blah blah. Ooh, I'm She's so like, oh, horny. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, we want to talk about Jesus. Like, ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> no, but this girl that was at like at Rutgers was just like super lonely. She hadn't made friends. She had like 
been thinking about church and spirituality a lot in high school and like wanted to get together with some friends and make some friends that were into the same shit that she was into which was in this case Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um so she it very quickly devolved as you can probably tell by the title of the issue or the title of the article <laughs> that it very very quickly started like sliding downhill um into the full realization that you were a part of a cult so things like being told to move in with the members of the church so move off campus and then move into like an off-campus housing with a bunch of other What's members of this church <laughs> that's actually a valid question I, mean, um, I don't know what the rent was campus housing in a uh, fucking where's Rutgers New Jersey I think somewhere yeah it's Jersey yeah, it's Jersey a cult. I mean it's not like Jersey <laughs> City you ever have to get off the plane and like land in Newark <laughs> <laughs> I have actually done that before. So she had to do things like, you know, she was talked into moving in with uh, with her friends from this church, quote unquote friends. Um, and she had to give them, she gave them like $2,000 worth of like her, what she was saving, saved up right? to do summer school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, $2,000. She like literally had to have a super uncomfortable phone call with her parents with like five other fucking cult members standing around her telling her what to say and basically had to break up with her family who weren't followers of that specific church and they you know making sure that they they are super weak from like lack of food and sleep and yeah, like, they like deprived being... her of food sounds like university living to me <laughs> but they very strictly moderated they like her diet and her sleep schedule was very strictly moderated by another member of the church who called themselves the discipler which right off the bat, holy fuck. I was just like, get out. You are like in fucking Molly, you in danger girl. Yeah. Like that's immediately. Not to be confused with the Jamaican office manager, just stay <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody. I'll be here all week. <laughs> so she had one friend uh, who from the start was just like, you are fully in a fucking cult. Here's my number. Um, and call me if you ever need help. So she had one kind of like a savior, but she was in so deep that uh, and had everyone at campus advance making sure that she believed that this guy was like an instrument of Satan. But she always kept that number, which was super smart. So eventually she visited the campus health center because she was worried something was wrong on account of how she just felt like fucking flaming garbage the entire, like pretty much always. And they admitted her to the hospital for exhaustion and mal- malnutrition. And th- this is what like, this is fucking nightmare fuel right off the bat. The doctor at the hospital ended up having to kick out 20 20 cult members who showed up to her fucking room um to like check in on her during visiting hours and he was like the doctor was literally like you guys need to leave she is like fucking sick and 20 of you (laughs) i'm not visiting anyone in the hospital i don't care i mean coronavirus is a convenient excuse not to visiting someone in the hospital sucks it does. It does fucking suck. Like an old lady moaning in the corner and like farting while you're trying to like chat with your mom. <laughs> yeah, it's no, there's like nothing good about visiting people in the hospital. This is why like we need private health care so you can have a yes. private room. No, fuck it. Yes. Bullshit. <laughs> um, so after that hospital break, she had the clarity of mind uh, after having a break from this like house full of wackadoos to like realize that things were completely insane and she had to and she had her friend who gave her his number uh come and basically like rescue her from the cult so and this is what cults do right they, yeah. they slowly turn up the pressure where it well, starts off yeah. weird but then they they put you it's like a frog or not a frog 
a lobster in like a boiling pot. They turn up the heat and things that were yeah. initially seemed weird just keep eventually seem normal. Of like 20 people telling me how to eat and how to yeah. sleep. Well, I, I was like yeah. looking up when I was doing some research for this, I was like, why do people join cults? Like, like, you know, it's like, you think you're just going to get sucked in and like actually some fairly like normal people who aren't super religious or spiritual. Actually, when I was doing the research, it said that, um, the majority of people who join cults have rejected religion. So they're either looking yeah. for something deeper. So these were some of the like traits that psychology today said is why people get attracted. Uh, or psychology today, a cult in and of itself. No, that's not the same thing. So indoctrinated into a cult in the first place. So they're attracted because they promote an illusion of comfort. Obviously they're like giving her uh, a place to live and whatever off-campus housing. Um, they satisfy the human desire for absolute answers those per with low mm -hmm. self-esteem or at like a point in their life. I think she said like she was worried about her grandparents and she was lonely. So they're more likely to be persuaded. New recruits are love bombs. So they're like what James was saying, yeah. they're brought in and they're like, oh, we love you the best. Like oh, you're I'm so central of cult right now. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm so lonely in this universe. <laughs> uh, women are more likely than men. Apparently 70% of like cult, like new cult recruits are women, which is a whole other like mm -hmm. conversation of itself. Well, how are they going to become, you can't make a man your sister wife. <laughs> um, they maintain their power by promoting an us versus them mentality. And then members often have no idea that they're in the cult uh, in and of itself. So like the, and then I was like thinking about all this and I'm like, duh, like QAnon, like that's like totally yeah. like this new, ding, 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 ding. yeah, because we're, we're talking about, I mean, obviously with everything that's, this episode is going to come out a little bit after, but who knows? I mean, there might be something crazy that happens in a couple of days during the inauguration. So nothing is a surprise anymore. So, so speaking of cults, so in nineties drama this week, Kevin Richardson, AKA eyebrows from Backstreet Boys. Mm -hmm. Been, AKA my favorite after Howie. It's funny because when I was younger, I thought he was so old, but now he's the most and attractive one. His eyebrows yeah. are so weird. Who knew he was right? He was just 20 years too early, a pioneer. Of exactly. Eyebrows. Yeah. So he's been retweeting like anti QAnon related stuff. This essay for Cosmopolitan by Emily Sullivan entitled, I lost a best friend to QAnon. So speculation is that it's about Brian Luttrell, AKA mm -hmm. The short guy in Backstreet Boys. What if that yeah. is the QAnon guy? Really? <laughs> uh, so he's a Trump supporter and evangelical Christian. So it's really yeah. not that like far of a stretch for him to start getting into the. But everyone's saying that basically it's about them, and they're actually cousins, and they've they're cousins, yeah, and they've known each other for like years. So he's people are saying that he's basically kind of like passive aggressively directing these tweets at. Well, Kevin Richardson brought him on it. He like. He, yeah, he's he, the like, one that brought him into the backstage. I was about to say, he, voice, text, right? he texted Brian. And it's like, no, we didn't text back then. But like, he brought him into he, the like, brought in. he brought him in. Exactly. So it looks like yeah. Kevin's the one with the hole in his heart now. Brian, you mean great value <laughs> Mark Wahlberg? Did you get that joke, James? You didn't. Hole in his heart. <laughs> Brian Luttrell had a like, heart murmur, and I said, "I remember there was a song in the nineties. There's a hole in my heart, and it could be only be filled by you." I was also born with a hole in my heart. You were? No, literally, yeah. Oh, sorry to make that joke. It like healed gotta... over when I was older, like when I was like, uh, but I was born with a apparently hole in my heart. This explains a lot. And it was filled by you. <laughs> this makes me think about think about glory holes. <laughs> Yeah, fuck me in the heart. Uh, <laughs> no, but going back, like, I think that James made a pretty good point, which is like, nobody, like, people who are like members and of a cult who are trying to like 
bring people on board. They don't go up to people and be like, hey, do you want to join this group? And then we totally just like run your life. They come up to them and they're just like, you look like you're having a hard day. Want to have somebody to chat about it with? And it's like, who doesn't want to talk about like, you know, some shit they're going through with like somebody who's like a, a, like a sympathetic listening ear. And that's how they fucking get you. I'm literally not a Scientologist, but when I made the joke about psychiatry, literally it like would make sense like all these things apply to psychiatry <laughs> like they could talk Wait. about you they, they have all the answers you buy in and that you can talk all about yourself <laughs> speaking of scientology the cult awareness network which is it's now called the new cult awareness <laughs> yeah <Network>. exactly <laughs> this was an organization that was created after the people's temple um and the mm-hmm. assassination of leo ryan in jonestown and then it was shut down in the, like around this time, 1996. And then mm-hmm. in bankruptcy court, they transferred the ownership of the cult awareness network to Scientology. Like members of yeah. Scientology bought cult awareness network. So if you were like this yep. Sarah girl in this article and you're like, I'm trying to get out of a cult, you call the hotline and Tom Cruise answers. <laughs> you were talking to a Scientologist when you were trying to get out of a cult. Yes, exactly. You're like taken yeah, from a absolutely. cult and now you're funneled into a cult. Also, a part of this, like, so there was a part of this uh, article that was basically like, you know, how to tell when you are getting sucked into a cult and like who to contact to like get out of it. And they recommended calling it like if you've met somebody that seems like, you know, super fucking weird and you think it might be a cult, call this pe- these people and they'll tell you whether or not they're a cult. But they're called the American Family Foundation. Sounds like a cult. <laughs> Exactly. But when you when you Google right now, if you Google American Family Foundation, what pops up is the American Family Association, which is definitely not interested in keeping you safe from cults (laughs) because they are very, very they're evangelical, uh, evangelical uh, Christian group that is very much geared towards um, like reversing uh, marriage equality laws. They're very anti, anti-LGBTQ. They're a super horrible group of people. They're a major voting power because they literally keep the Republican Party going. And so, yeah, it's just, it was really wild for me to just like Google the American Family uh, Foundation to see just what it was. And they're like literally a Wikipedia entry, seven, seven links down that has a Wikipedia entry about who the American Family F- F- uh, Foundation was. But before that, it's just all fucking American Family Association shit. Yeah, there's a website that they list to csj.org and I'm trying to go on it and it's not- It doesn't, it work, doesn't anymore. work I tried to do it What as happens well. if I'm in a cult and I need to know? <laughs> I think they just have like group therapy, like talk therapy somewhere super secret so that nobody fucking finds them. Oh, so I just reversed. <laughs> there's a phone number too that you could call. And there's an old article from the New York Times from 1995. Apparently, it's it was a phone number for a Mr. Rosedale that helps people. He was a Manhattan lawyer that can help people that have been like involved in cults, basically. He offers yeah. the services to counsel people trying to leave cults. So uh, I'd be interested to call that number and see. I was dating yeah. a girl in high school, or uh, yeah, and she really eventually joined like a really hardcore Christian, which was like evangelical Christian stuff. And she became more and more Christian and got more and more involved in their community until eventually I was like iced out, which good for her. Cult letter is breaking up with me, which was probably for the best. <laughs> oh, it's no. Weird, when you're like born Catholic, New Age Christianity, like it, you're immune from their cults because it just doesn't feel. Like, it doesn't have the pedigree. 
you know? No. Like, <laughs> you're right. When you're Catholic, it feels like the official, like it's old. It's like has a lot of yeah. layers. I mean, it, it's a cult in and of itself. Yeah. It's so fucking old. You just feel like, no, this feels real. It's got like yeah. old paintings on the wall and stuff. Like, I don't need your like folding chairs. Thank you very much. I don't need your speaking in tongues. I'm fine with just the serious fucking guilt I get from confessionals. And these covering up of sexual assaults of children. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of... Sexually assaulting children. Yeah, QAnon. <laughs> what? No, I, oh, yeah. Well, well there's, yeah. that's their Sexually whole... assaulting children. Great, great. Great oh, segue. My God. What a segue. <laughs> what a segue. Because they believe, they among believe other things, that uh, the government is controlled by child eating yeah. pedophiles. Yeah. Traffickers. Uh, uh, which is uh, run by Hollywood and uh, the Clintons. Like vaguely covered up, not even vaguely anti Semitic language. Pizzagate, yeah. man. Uh, Pizzagate, which is a place called uh, mm-hmm. Comet Pizza in the United States that uh, they somehow brought up was a like a underground child sex ring because of messages they sent. Some guy went in and shot three shots into them. It's just a pizza place. Yeah. Um, but I was doing some research on QAnon, as I always am. <laughs> Wake up, people! <laughs> so I had to look up QAnon. And by the way, it's really hard to research QAnon. I, had, I actually sent a message uh, in my browser, like, I'm not actually into this FBI. I'm just doing research. Because <laughs> I was like, Googling, like, QAnon tweets, real QAnon tweets. What is the, like, because it was like, it kept leading me to like press articles in the first two pages, which would make me nervous if I wasn't on their side where they bury like the real QAnon tweets. Like I had to go to like the third page to find the actual QAnon tweets. Probably not a bad thing. But I'm on the side of fucking big tech if they're being liberal. So whatever, it's not mine. <laughs> That's my cult. Mm. But uh, so there was some guy, it started off with some guy named Q Clearance Patriot who was on the poll board of 4chan, eventually went to 8chan. Sounds like a winner. If you're not, (laughs) which isn't like, if 4chan isn't racist enough for you, go to 8chan. (laughs) I went on 4chan, also sent my FBI agent a quick message. (laughs) And like every fucking, no matter what they talk about, it's all calling each other the N-word all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Constantly. I don't know why you need a hard, more hardcore version of that. His name is Q, and apparently he has Q clearance, which is a Department of Energy uh, top secret uh, clearance. That I read a book by Peter Benchley who wrote Jaws called Q clearance. And that's, <laughs> Thief, really good Trump plagiarism. <laughs> but yeah, he comes out and uh, writes all these questions. That people believe that he is party to some secret conspiracy knowledge. And I wrote down a couple of his tweets. Uh, initially, he was like this, right? Uh, SCI brackets F military intelligence. What is state secrets and how upheld in the SC? What must be compelled to engage MI over other three letter agencies? What must occur to allow for civilian trials? Why is this relevant? What is Flynn's background? He would just ask a bunch of questions, which anyone who's into politics and on the right can do. Yeah. And then later on, as he got popular, he started getting more like uh, I guess, like, uh, outrightly, uh, this is from 2018, unplugged from fake news, obviously all caps. And then uh, once he got, like, really popular, he started trying to be, like, more kind of, like, hackery. Like, yeah, like anonymous, but so for the like, right. Uh, rather than, like, the initial ones were, like, literally, like, who is Flynn? Why yeah. is he being prosecuted? What's the secret here? And now he's, like, uh, 
Q and like a bunch of exclamation points M G seven V J X Z N C one. What is this Elon Musk's child? You know, when we're looking at the psychology.com thing that said like why people get indoctrinated to a cult, like satisfying the human desire for absolute answers, people rejecting religion and maintaining their, their power by promoting an us versus them mentality. It's all based on this like premise of falsehood and people and it fucking literally almost like toppled the american democracy like a try to stage a coup like last week like it's fucking insane exactly you know but this is i think that this is what happens like i was thinking about it earlier when i was doing my own research and it's just like i'm not trying to say that like canada is like you know much different from the united states although i think that in some places we are in some fundamental ways, we are very different. But when you look at the United States, like the in this article, they listed that there's like 3,500 active cults in the in the United States as of November 1997. That's up to 10,000 now. Jesus. Like 10,000 active fucking cults. And some of those cults are fucking harmless. Some of them are just a bunch of people that want to like harness the power of rainbows. And I'm not talking about those guys. You mean the homosexual agenda? <laughs> Yes, exactly. That cult of homosexual, homosexual agenda. See, when you take a break um, from your Twitch streaming of uh, <laughs> about, can you explain to us how the feminist agenda is ruining ruining gaming by inserting your politics into video games? I didn't even know this was a gaming headset. So Andrea and James, thanks to your patronage, bought me a headset so that I could we could record virtually during COVID. And I just have to say, I didn't know it was a gaming headset. I thought it was just like fucking pilot cosplay because now I know I look like I'm about to fly a fighter. Or like or like you work in a call center. Exactly. Exa- or I'm or I'm customer service. Absolutely. You're, you're the person that answers the phone at the Cult Awareness Network. <laughs> um, but no. But when I was I was thinking about it, and when I look at kind of like like it doesn't surprise me at all that there are literally like ten thousand cults now because they all seem like the majority of them just seem to be like splinter groups from fucking like evangelical Christians. Um, but when you have like with the United States, you have this kind of like huge demographic of like religious people that control elections. The Republican party cannot win an election without the voting power of the like evangelical. right. So it's like when you have that kind of demographic, it makes it really easy to have a bunch of cults because everybody just accepts the fact that religion is this thing that is there and everybody is like a bunch of people are just like grown up in it. And that's what's so insidious is because you have these kind of like religious groups where we are raising children in those groups. Mm -hmm. So when they splinter off and have some kind of fucking weird church of Christ, like no one really questions it. So it becomes a cult because everybody is just so used to the fact that like basically the United States is just like full of fucking religious cults like it's so and that's what makes it so easy to have ten thousand active cults in the united states which is different in canada like we don't our our elections like i mean don't get me wrong we had a conservative government for like 12 years and i am not trying to suck fucking yeah ours, our dick. conservatives <laughs> suck but they suck in like yeah. a self-interested they don't actually stephen harper and the current conservatives took from the republican rule book and 
uh, appeal to the Christian right. Yeah, like they always they have. did because well because Stephen Harper was evangelical is is evangelical and he's an even an evangelical Christian. But I remember when with we dead did, blue eyes. Yeah, he looks like a shark, bro. Blue eyes, man. Who sees a white guy with hair like that and dead blue eyes? Like he has my best interest at <laughs> in heart. <home. laughs> no, but the thing is, is that like he. So I I don't doubt for one second that if he thought the popular vote would be to roll back abortion rights and roll back marriage equality rights that he wouldn't have done it immediately oh he tried they tried but he they tried but when he realized that it was grossly unpopular on on like pretty much like a ton of fronts and that he couldn't win on that platform he was just like i'm not touching i mean that's what stops canada from going with this crazy right wing going that far i think there's more checks because we're just a more moderate liberal country and I don't want I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out all the ways that we're better than you. That's a weird flex to have right now because of what's going on in America. And also it ignores what happens in Canada. That's very Oh, yesterday there was a, 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 a giant anti-mask fucking thing at Young and Dundas. And then I saw the video of the cops like tearing this woman off stage. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, bro. Oh, my blue lives matter. Well, what about my blue lives matter patch? Now you're fucking grabbing me and dragging me. I am so excited for January 20th because I think historically the authorities have generally been pretty kid gloves with right-wing people because of their blue lives Bash matter those heads in. So their capital <laughs> assault was let go. Now they're kind of pissed off. So forever yeah. left-wing ma- left-wing groups have been beaten up by the police. I know I'm not a bootlicker, but I am excited to see someone with a Blue Lives Matter sticker just get whomped on the fucking head. Wailed in the fucking it's head. It's bad. Man. I don't like political violence. I don't support it, but come no. on. Uh, the, the, the left-wing camps since the workers' rights movement in like the 1910s all the way up to the 1968 Democratic, they always get whomped on by the authorities. It's nice to finally see, and someone be so confused. <laughs> Look at these weapon people like expect it, G20. We expect it going yeah. I just want to see someone be like just totally shocked as they get whomped on the head. I thought you <laughs> yeah. were on our side. Exactly. And like, and, and there was like, there was a really good quote over the last couple of weeks that was basically like, we are not asking for police violence against these people. We're asking you not to shoot shoot us like you don't shoot them and so like and that's like i mean i don't like police violence i think that we could learn a few things about defunding them yeah no no but that, i also agree with that i'm like i just want to see some white fucking becky just get nailed in the fucking head <laughs> by a cop it, and i'm aware this is a horrible impulse but i'm a horrible it's person. called it's called short i know short and fraud. Fine. i'm a horrible I person every sh- once in a while i have my worst short sh- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> by the way they would know how to pronounce all these right-wing classes <laughs> Yes, please. Let's get into pronunciation of German language in the middle of a fucking cult segment. By the way, Patriots, <laughs> if you want to know who the uh, Hollywood pedophile ring is, apparently it's uh, Ellen DeGeneres, which uh, fine. That means she sucks. Oprah Winfrey, yeah. Steven Spielberg, and Tom Hanks was on no, the No, don't come for Tom. Oh, you want to hear don't my, come for Tom. Right-wing, my weird, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't believe in any conspiracy theories. I have a weird feeling, and this will not be proved right, that Tom Hanks never had coronavirus. They just got him because he's the one everyone agrees on and said, hey, we need you to pretend you have coronavirus to teach people how serious this is. 
I don't believe that's true. I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. If they did it in like a kind of yeah. World War II best interest propaganda kind of way. I just, you know, him and his like adorable wife, Rita Wilson, just like being like, you know, housed up together with Corona. I don't see them as liars. I'd be surprised if it was a lie. I love Tom Hanks. <laughs> I know. I fucking love Tom Hanks. Also for five seconds there, I thought we were talking about Tom Cruise. <laughs> the whole industry on my back okay if i see you fuckers standing around then we should get tom cruise to do this like he yelled those set members in the uk yeah if I see you fuckers hanging around without masks again you're fired can and you, i don't care I did, can you imagine getting yelled at by tom cruise he's so short it's fucking distracting so when you play with the fucking lines just getting crazy. just getting yelled at by a garden gnome it's christian bale <laughs> And let's Christian bail on this segment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the fuck are you doing? You got any fucking idea about, hey, it's fucking distracting having somebody walking up behind Bryce in the middle of the fucking scene. Give me a fucking answer. Oh, good for you. We are on to the spill it section. People don't write enough songs about coming at night in your <laughs> dreams. Yeah, that was definitely a song about wet dreams. O-Town. What's O-Town's yeah. other song? O-Town had a different song. Uh, O-Town, had, O-Town had horrible hair, didn't they? Yeah, they all did. I, yeah. Weren't they like part of making the band, I think, that they were? Or- oh, they were. They were. Yeah. They were the band. Yeah. yeah, they were the band. Simon Cowell found them. Not to be confused with the band, which was the rap I- edition of making the band, which was called making... <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with the 1985 SNL skit making the bears. <laughs> oh, I love the bears. Rick Moranis, man. This is the backstage pass part of the magazine where they kind of like chat with celebs and ask them personal questions. And this was, what's the best or worst date you've ever been on? Every date. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> Since this is a Valentine's app, I thought I'd open the floor to you guys if you have any great dates or worst dates. I had, um, I had it. Oh, sorry. I was just about to fucking dive right into that one. <laughs> He's like, hold on. I got my hand out. <laughs> I've my only beer. had good dates, and the women I were with had even better dates. You know what I'm saying? Oh <laughs> Cody. Um, no, I had a date with a woman who proceeded to not talk through the whole oh god that's so awkward and which is like i've you know like i'm i'm an ex i'm i'm an introvert so i totally get it but i like silences make me like uncomfortable silences make me very anxious Mm -hmm. and then i just feel the need to just like fill the air with words so it's like verbal diarrhea well meet me halfway like how dare you exactly yeah it was and but the thing is is that she was actually really interested in me I'm like, oh fuck! Like, I I would really like to have some sex, but also like, I just I can't. I don't have the emotional or the physical bandwidth to survive a relationship with you if I have to do all the talking. Yeah, you don't yeah, want to bang I, Helen Keller. I slept yeah. with the. Well, she could talk. 
She had a whole system. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I slept with a lady, and then we went out for the worst fucking breakfast, and she didn't say anything the entire breakfast. Maybe it was, it was you and D dated the same person. A nightmare. <laughs> we can exchange notes. <laughs> it was like online dating. I found her profile on like, God, I think it was Lava Life. Do you remember Lava yeah. Life? I think I shelled out money to do like one month of Lava Life, and I met this person through lava life and it was just yeah it was just like a whole lot of me talking and it was i'm and because i'm an introvert when i left that date i was just emotionally and physically exhausted yeah so it was it wasn't i i hesitate to say it was the worst date because she was actually very nice but it was just like it was a lot of me talking because she just like wouldn't say anything and i would like try and ask her questions and it was just fucking pulling teeth, getting her to like give more than one word answer. Uh, I dated this very quiet person, and then they uh, went off to England, and I think they thought we were in a relationship when I'd broken up in my mind. <laughs> oh my god, oh my we're not starting this again. No. And they came no. back months later and asked I'm taking me, off my fucking headphones. <laughs> they came back months later and asked me on a date to a wedding, and I was like, and they're like, I will pay for it. She said, I will pay for everything. I will pay for the room. I'll get you another room. We don't have to sleep together if you don't want to. And I was like, well, that's pretty sad. And I was in a relationship with Andrew at the time, and I didn't have the heart to tell her, no, I'm dating someone. So I was like, no, I'm busy that weekend. And Andrew took exception to that. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> did. Many stars have experienced a perfect date. After all, who wouldn't want to take one out of them? Or wait, let me start that over. Many stars have experienced the perfect date. After all, who wouldn't want to take one of them out for a fab night on the town? But just because you're famous doesn't mean you haven't also suffered some terrible evenings out. Read on for your favorite celebs courting me- memories. Five Bucks says a bunch of them are from the fucking, like, Vin Diesel <laughs> dating somebody who was murdered. Yeah. And fucking Jeremy Sisto dating somebody who was murdered. Ashton Kutcher dating somebody yeah. who was murdered. It's just all Britney Spears dating weird fucking <laughs> Louisiana people. <laughs> Leave Britney alone. Yeah. None of these were great, but there was one that Ricky Lake, who I used to love her show. If you stayed home in the nineties, oh, you watched Ricky Lake. So, uh, yeah. That she said, the worst was when my date turned out to be gay. That night was definitely not a winner, but it ended well. We stayed friends. That was the only one. None yeah. of the other ones were very good. I but- was working an event as a bartender, and uh, a gay man and a woman said, like, uh, hey, give me your number. I, I, uh, we want to meet up with you. And then when it turned out I was straight, they, they were very disappointed. Oh. <laughs> oh, so you were almost like a unicorn or something? They were like, or- hey, I don't care whether you're gay or straight. Either he'll take you or she'll take you. But I... Uh, when it turned out, I was like, hey, I'm mostly uh, pretty straight leading. And she was like, oh, great. Yeah, you should meet up with us here, I guess. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, did they break up with you in their mind? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> D's taking a lot of happiness with this. Okay, so uh, these were not great. So I looked up from Reddit, which is always a great source of personal Excellent. firsthand stories. And this was what was the worst date you've ever been on. And there are some fucking bangers here. So just listen. I'm Australian. My profile said I was Australian. Andrew, can you try and do an Australian accent for this? I'm Australian. My profile Not said bad. I was Australian. First thing that comes out of my date's mouth. I hate Australians. Didn't last long. <laughs> that <LOL>. tracks. <laughs> I have a history of being so annoyed by Australians. Oh, man. With their blonde hair and their casual <laughs> attitudes. Nobody likes, nobody likes, nobody likes a bargain. All I know, all I know, all I know about Australians is that they can't say teen. So when they're <laughs> counting the teens, they're just like fitting 
saying <laughs> that maybe this was Ricky Lake's date. He drove my car, crashed into a parked vehicle, then later revealed to me that he was struggling with the fact that he was gay. But we're still friends. That one was a doozy. <laughs> that sounds like Here's a fun date. Here's the thing. I, by all means, stay friends with your gay dates. Like, absolutely. But you don't have to stay friends with people because they date you and then find out they're gay. Yeah, you're not like, Carrie you, Bradshaw. You had fun. They're like crashing into cars and shit. They sound like a fun person to hang out with. <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I've, I, and I say this as somebody who dated somebody who was gay and I'm still friends with them today. But it's like, you don't actually, like, I think there's this like misconception that like you kind of like, have to was it the woman because that's basically what you signed up for <laughs> no 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 it was a guy it was a guy <laughs> i dated yes. someone on a gay website they turned out to be gay <laughs> okay next one he took me to olive garden and peed in the parking lot <laughs> that's it that's the story <laughs> well that's fine did you get breadsticks <laughs> uh i was at my new boyfriend's house for the first time and there was a photo on the wall i said what? We have that same photo at my house. Why do you have a photo of my great-grandmother on your wall? Looking at me confused, he said, because she's my great-grandmother. Shudder. Louisiana! <laughs> Who has pictures of their great-grandmother on the wall? Is it just because they had blank picture frames with the stock photos in them? <laughs> no, I think they were related. Why? I don't know where this was from. Also, Whoa. it's my great-grandmother. Who One who has pictures of great-grandmother on the wall. I do. I have yeah. a picture of my great-grandpa in there. Been talking to this girl on OKCupid. D, is this you? For a while, she seemed Maybe. really nice, and we arranged to meet up. When we did meet up, she spent the entire time saying how I looked like Peter Griffin and left the restaurant hysterically laughing, saying there was no way she could fuck Peter Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Wait, hold on. Oh, jeez. Wait, no, fuck. I can do better. I can do better. I can do better. Hold on. Oh, Peter. 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 I can do better lower than I can. Okay. Peter. Good for you. Guy I met at a Christian youth group in high school. Oh, Lois. That's all right. Guy I met at a Christian youth group in high school. Never trust youth guys who go to youth groups to pick up girls. No, duh. Took me to the movies, complained about how in love with my best friend he was, awkwardly fingered me, and then thought it'd be hilarious to try and put an M&M inside me. Worst part was that the movie was Valentine's Day. Good life choices. Did she not see that coming? Or was it like... (laughs) I don't know. It was fucking... Was that like non-consensual M&Ming? Yes. The M&M's man, and he adds a lot of love to make it all taste good. Oh, and and Valentine's Day came out recently, so we had had a consent conversation yet, like at that point. Totally. (laughs) Took me to Burger King, made me pay. I was 16, unemployed, then asked me to come to the loo with him so we could, quote, finger bang and stuff. I mean, to be (laughs) fair, Burger King is cheap. She probably could have afforded it. Hey, he didn't give any false advertising. Exactly. Let's go to the loo and finger bang and stuff. I'll pay. I will pay somebody for somebody's Burger King and let them finger me in a bathroom. <laughs> Just saying. I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. When I was 15, I took a girl to see the boy in the striped pajamas without knowing what the film was about. Oh. <laughs> uh, nothing sets the tone like the Holocaust. <laughs> That movie ends so dark, too. I mean, every Holocaust movie ends dark, but holy fuck. What do you expect? Like, some story about a boy in pajamas? No, but the thing... No, here... Okay, here's the thing. I've watched Boy in the Striped Pajamas, and, like, a kid is accidentally sent to the gas chamber who's, like, a German. But I'm just saying... 
if it's just about a boy in striped pajamas, best case scenario, you're not making out during that movie. Yeah. No, hopefully not. Enough. No, but the, oh man, that's that's fucking dark. sad and hilarious and very dark. Like boy in the striped pajamas yeah. is like that's intense. Totally, there's no coming back from that. <laughs> yeah, you're, that date's over. I would break up with somebody in my mind if we went on a date. He took me to see Boy in the Stray Pajamas. Last one. Valentine's Evening, which is perfect for our Valentine's episode. 18 with a first serious girlfriend. Parents out of town, so I figure cooking a romantic meal in a film is a good shout. Okay. Why uh, is everyone English in this? Yeah. No, she's. I know that she likes Asian food, so I spent hours making a spicy ramen soup, made the stock myself, and everything. Dinner goes Ooh. great. Swap little gifts. Everything's going perfectly. End of the meal, and there's no thought of putting a film on. Clothes are flying off. Push her onto the couch and start fingering her. Heavy breathing, moaning, and then she starts screaming, runs to the bathroom, and I hear her crying for an hour, and I had forgotten to wash my hands, and from that day on, it was known <gasps> as Chili Fingers. Oh, oh no. I see what that oh. is. Oh, I've done that no. before. Not fingered someone, but like touched oh. my own penis after <laughs> having spiced things on my fingers. Oh, honey. yeah, Dorito dust. Oh. And the thing is, is that was such like it was absolutely not intentional. It was just a thing that happened. Yeah. Oh, pee after sex and wash your hands after <laughs> spicy ramen, kids. Like, fuck. And don't take people oh. to see boy in the striped pajamas on Valentine's Day. My birth canal is burning. This video is so fucking nineties. God, dude. that song is amazing. <laughs> It's like somebody on like, there's a lot of slow close-ups and someone on a keyboard and Prince with he bangs. Is so weird. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, apparently his, his career was floundering in the mid to late 90s. And he asked his manager, he said, should I learn how to rap? <laughs> That's such a midlife crisis thing. Yeah, yeah, it's such a midlife crisis when it comes to, he was like, but God, what a waste of talent to be like, Ugh. yeah. Learn how to rap, you most talented guitarist of all. Did you know Prince is one of the greatest guitarists of all time? Bet you don't know that. I didn't know that. He is <laughs> unbelievable. He barely used it, but he is like, if you imagine like Jimi Hendrix slash, he is a prodigy on the guitar. He's like uh, on the level of like Van Halen or whatever. He's insane. Did you just ask us if we were aware of that? I was fully aware. I was. Andrew wasn't aware of it. Uh, I, I actually didn't listen to a lot of Prince when I was growing up. So you know what? You learn something new every day. It's unreal. It's insane how, how talented is. Prince is that he never had to lean on the fact that he's one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Okay, yeah. so this section... Are we talking which, about Prince? This is Prince section. <laughs> which you, Patreons, thank you guys so much for supporting us, are going to follow along with. This is the Celebs Feature Attractions and Detractions, which is so fucking rude. It comes right <laughs> after the uh, body segment, the look your best, and then they have pictures of celebrities being like, this is what looks right and this is what looks wrong. And I mean, all magazines did this. They would be like, who wore it best kind of thing but this is like super that's, fucking rude see that's fine like who wore it best or this these clothes are ugly this is like this person is ugly. no yeah this is like features so it's like okay so for example the first one is a picture of anna chamolsky from my girl 
uh, in My Girl 2, actually, which I recognize because she's a lot older in this. Open yeah. those baby blues. Anna Chmolsky, star of My Girl 2, knows that warm-toned shadows will emphasize baby blues. So whatever. Maybe in the future you should focus on the negative comments. Yeah. Because I don't so, need to hear their But then in the next one, it's like, wrong. What a big head. Tori, <laughs> spelling, take a hint. Oversized hair, especially if you have a large face, will result in an overdone look. Her hair looks pretty fucking like I would kill for this hair right now. It's super curly. Yeah. It's framing her face nicely. She looks pretty fly for a white girl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then there's this other no, picture. I, I saw this. I love that photo of her. People yeah. are obsessed with uh tearing down these really beautiful people for not being perfectly beautiful like people always talk shit about how tori spelling looks where she looks pretty amazing she's not yeah. perfect also if you watch uh now to an her figure is fucking insane it doesn't even make sense physically yeah, how like her body works but also like what does fucking being perfect even mean anymore just like it never meant anything to begin with i know who are you kurt henning the deceased <laughs> So there's this other wrestler. one. Julia Juliet Lewis looks fucking beautiful in this picture. She reminds me of like, oh, the puppy's barking. <laughs> Sorry. She reminds me of like, I don't know, like Drew Barrymore and like Ever After. She has this like, you know. She reminds me of like Courtney Love. Yeah, it, and it says, hey, pale face, which is like an insult in the native community <laughs> against white people. I mean, it's pretty cool. It says, if you've got light skin like Juliet, don't pile on the makeup or wear dark colors. I mean, if this is written by an indigenous person and then every single white person, they started with, hey, pale face, maybe you should fix your hair. <laughs> hey, pale face. That's a terrible outfit. Here's a new, another wrong, which is insane. It's a picture of Winona Ryder in Reality Bites and says, the short stock. Winona, maybe short hair isn't the answer if your ears stick out. Oh, you're, no. you're dragging Winona Ryder in the hottest role One of, of the life. most beautiful people of all time. Rude. Okay, first of all, do not talk about black women's hair. They no. came for Iman. It says, hair that defies gravity. Supermodel Iman doesn't need this high of a hairdo. It adds too much length to her face. She's wearing her hair natural. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? By the way, there's never too much length for her face, unless you're Jay Leno. Exactly. Also, it's Iman. Oh, my God. Like, just how do you even talk about her? I know. And be like, to be like a white person who I assume the person who wrote this is white, Come at me. They don't even have their name of the person that wrote the article because they're too much of a pussy to say what they're, you know, they're talking shit. Can you imagine in 2020 being having the balls to be like, hey, black woman, your hair's too big. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, where there's a lot of conversations around. Like, there's no males on this page at all. There's no. not a single male that's like, you know... They're not making fun of them. And I'm sure there was plenty at that time. Like it was 94 and it's yeah. all just talking shit and dragging females and being like, this is how you should wear your hair. And this is how you should not. And there's only one black person on the page and they're in the wrong quote unquote, yeah. right and wrong. And so there's like this whole conversation going on right now about how the media treats women specifically, you know, conversations around the framing Britney Spears documentary and around 
you know, the Justin Timberlake controversy with Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl in 2004. And then also the Jay Leno and, or sorry, uh, David Letterman and Lindsay Lohan interview uh, yeah. from 2013. And I mean, the list goes yeah, on, my right? Boy David Letterman takes an L on that one. Uh, uh, the one thing I found most gracious about that interview is that Lindsay Lohan makes a hilarious joke. She takes a sip of her water and she says, oh, I thought this was going to be vodka. And then Letterman steps on her punchline and be like, you can't drink alcohol. It's like, she's like, that was a joke. And it's like, yeah, that was a hilarious joke, Letterman. Yeah, exactly. It was fucking a hilarious joke. When you're attacking her for being like, you're supposed to be in rehab soon. She's bravely coming to your show and makes a hilarious joke and you step on her punchline. That's what I think is criminal. I think that that conversation has been something that's come out of the Me Too movement and stuff that's, you know, happening more and more. Women feel more empowered to come up and talk about these experiences, but they're not necessarily like it's other people talking about them, looking at them in retrospect and being like, this is mm-hmm. fucking bullying. Are we going to drag like, this is a This is a huge culture around misogyny where women's entire careers have been derailed. Like I was looking at this magazine and there's a section about Sinead O'Connor and Sorry, how'd you pronounce that name? Shanae. Shanae, Shanae, whatever. You Shanae. called her no, Shanae no. O'Connor? Her <laughs> I don't know how to her pronounce your fucking Sh- weird Irish name. Shanae <laughs> O'Connor. Mm-hmm. You know, my girl, Shanae. Nothing compares to you. So, but there's this entire conversation Shanae. where... Uh, <laughs> Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor. Like, how is you? That's how you pronounce her name. My entire life. Look, I learned how to fold shirts yesterday. Leave me alone. (laughs) So there's this entire conversation when she shaved her head and, like, you know, it's like, I don't want to support a pope that molests children. And then people are like, fuck you. You're a fucking piece of shit. Like completely dragged her. I don't know if that was about molesting children. The Pope thing. It was, it was about that. I thought it was about secretary and violence. No, it wasn't. It was about, it was about like child molestation and shit. Like, well, she was early on that. I thought it was about, you know, like... No, like, there was already, like, things about the Catholic, uh, like, the church abuse. And she the real enemy. Yeah, exactly. So, but even her career was derailed. Like, there's so many... Mira Servino with Harvey Weinstein. There's, like, so many, you know, examples of women who've either stood up to, you know, some kind of male authority or their their downfall has been used as a platform for men to have a like justin timberlake song right? well can we drag justin timberlake finally Absolutely. i hate his fucking hair i always have the problem is like yes as an artist you're allowed to talk about a breakup you're allowed obviously that's where you get a lot of your inspiration from you personally but him like months later having a, a, a woman who looked like him in the video like her in the video 14 years later there's a point where you're a fucking cry baby like you're not seriously still upset about britney breaking up with you probably three months after you maybe can we heard- talk about the fact that justin timberlake like basically got drunk and cheated on jessica beale in public in new orleans and nobody said shit. But no one has like a it time just, machine. It just fucking went. No, this was like recently. No, but I'm saying the way he was affected by her cheating on him, that doesn't retroactively being like he's a cheater now. No, but I'm saying they were 18 years old and dating. He's married and he had a fucking like yeah, there was pictures of him like kissing up on a girl. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was drunk. 
And that's it. It wasn't like his career was but he gone. Did Nothing retroactively not write the song. The point is, I'm not talking about the song. I'm talking about the way the media treats him. It's cynical bullshit. He used her like the the hype around them because you're not really heard about a breakup more than three months after. And that video came out like six months after. And 14 years later, he still brought up at, I know. A, at an award show being like, yeah, I was with a girl and uh, she turned out to be a bitch. Yeah. Like he's still bringing it up. Get over it, you fucking loser. Here's the thing. That fucking video is the creepiest piece of trash I've ever watched. He breaks into some woman's fucking house with another woman. He's Mikey G! Basically (laughs) alluding to the fact that he fucks this woman on her bed while she is in the shower. She is in the shower in the next fucking room, and she looks da- she looks eerily like obviously Britney Spears. But it is the fucking creepiest video. It's the creepiest piece of fucking trash I've ever laid eyes. The on. creepiest so thing gross. is that this happened way after his feelings were hurt, where it's like a media team around him being like, "Hey, we can you use know how this we can capitalize on this? your 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 career as like a singles artist." Exactly. It is creepy to fucking make a sexy video about you breaking into a woman's fucking house while she's having a shower and videotaping yourself fucking another woman and on you're the bed. flying weirdly and kicking photos <laughs> it's so fucking i hate that video so much i hated it when it first came out i hate it also now. hot take i've never found justin timberlake hot ever he's like six two I way. don't care if he's tall. He has a fucking weird face and ugly hair. He's taller than he looks. Is that what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's he's he a small was dick. Justin Timberlake. I'm not also, sure he does. Do not get me fucking started on how Janet Jackson's g- career went tits fucking up when he ripped off. Oh, his and he pretended it was an accident. That was exactly. the, at the time we knew that was what it was meant to do. There was like a detachments from it, and then they were like, "Oh, oh society went crazy oh, for this. Okay, oh. let's blame it on Janet." So, Sorry, uh, yeah. Janet Jackson, we're meant to believe she just walks around with the weird, like, sun titty fucking piercing on her, on her boob all the time. Yeah. No, it was meant to go all the way off where she has her weird, like, also, sun titty piercing. I love how Justin, does any, did anyone else notice that his apology was on his notes app? Yeah. <laughs> he wrote notes on his phone and then posted it on his I Instagram. Mean, at like, least that might mean he wrote it himself. But can he not, like, make a video or, like, I don't know. It's just weird. Also, also, let's be fucking clear. The only reason, I feel like for, he needs to fucking, if he wants this uh, this apology that he recently gave to be anything but, like, like, if he wants it to be completely genuine, we have to wait that out. Because as far as I'm concerned, that that apology as it stands right now is only a fucking PR stunt around like the me too movement and all that stuff and he is trying to do this to save face because we're finally fucking talking about it if he actually means that fucking apology he needs to fucking work for it because i am not giving him shit yeah for this. but he leave Brittany alone don't get back involved in her life she doesn't need no. any part of you like you no. want to be like hey Brittany, maybe we could do a video together where you say uh we're cool yeah. Like that would be the impulse from a PR standpoint where you maybe record, which would be fantastic. Oh, wait, yeah. I actually fucked up because I actually would love for just to be like in Britney Spears to do a song together. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Ooh, maybe I'm in favor of toxic apology culture because it would lead us to a Britney Spears, just Timberlake collab song, which would be am- maybe produced by Timberland and Missy Elliott. Oh my God. That'd be an amazing song. 
when Britney Spears was going through um, like her, when she was having kind of like a very public, um, like mental and, and emotional crisis um, that we all sort of were privy to, unfortunately. But Timberland wanted to kind of like, he, he wrote about it or he did an interview about it. He's like, I would love to do an album for Britney Spears. Like I would love to like sit down with her and do a new album with her. And he was like really on board with doing that. But I think Britney that, like, needs a comeback, dude. Oh my God. What if it features like a verse by Jamie Spears, her dad being like, Hey, I'm the dad and I'm the boss <laughs> and I get a verse on this because I paid the cost because I'm in control of her money. Okay, no. I, haven't, I have not watched I have not watched the Framing Britney documentary yet, but I do feel like everybody owes her the biggest fucking apology. Everybody does. I still haven't because watched Framing remember- Britney, but I want to. I have, I remember being, I remember watching her shaving her head and like having opinions about it. And I remember being a total fucking dick about her and like all this shit. And it, like the amount of shit that we put her through and the, the media put her through, like she is, it's amazing that she is the way she is right now and just not a complete fucking broken head case because what we put her through was insane. I'm Jamie Spears and I'm Caucasian and I'm also a Cajun. (laughs) And now I do control my daughter's life. And now I do some things with Fife Dog. For some reason, Tribe Called Quest involved in this. And I (laughs) involve people with my piss. And then I pee on the ground. I was looking up... Like, this is mean culture in the 90s, and it still exists today because, like, this whole, like, what is it, Jimmy Kimmel, like, the celebrities read mean well, tweets about their self? Well, they're complicit in that. Yeah. They're, that's I know, fun. but it's just, it's it's not fun. It's mean. Like, if you they read them, some of them are really mean. Yeah, they're reading mean tweets and they react to them. They don't force them to do that. You're encouraging cut, troll culture. Cut. I'm not doing that because they're having fun. Oh, really? This one that says, I have Matthew Perry syndrome. I'm a sarcastic loser with a giant head. (laughs) (laughs) I think the celebrities reading mean tweets about themselves is kind of just being like, hey, we lean into it. It it doesn't make them any less fucking mean, but it's like people, celebrities are basically leaning into it and being like, you know, like, fuck you guys. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite one is Lisa Kudrow. And I think it goes something like, I hope everybody has a really, really great day, except you, Lisa Kudrow. Fuck you. (laughs) And the way she reads it, she just laughs the whole fucking time. Like, it's the funniest thing she's ever read. (laughs) Because we were talking about mean celebs, whatever, I started looking at, like, celebrity feuds from the 90s. So we all know the Madonna and Courtney Love one. And if you don't, you need to look up the 1995 interview with Kurt Loder at the MTV Music Awards. When Courtney Love throws a compact at Madonna... And then or when she falls off the, the chair. Bait. Yeah, that's the same interview. God, I love her. Yeah, I fucking love Courtney Love. So please come on the show. I love you so much. She's everything. Everything. Yeah, I She's every woman. Agree. I agree. I love Courtney. Love. I keep scrolling, and there's more quote unquote bad girls. There's Shannon Doherty and Jenny Garth, which everyone, if you watch 90210, knows the drama. Then it's Shannon Doherty and Alyssa Milano which is apparently a huge drama on the set of Charmed. I didn't know this. Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio did not like each other in Romeo and Juliet. Huh. Uh, She found him immature, and they avoided each other as much as possible. Yeah, I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio was a 
fucking asshole. By, by all evidence, given the history of the pussy posse and like, yeah, he was also like really young when they recorded yeah. that. It was like, or when they filmed that, it was like ninety six or something. Although to his credit, right? yeah. he's been fucking people for a million years. He's never been in a long term relationship, and no one's ever come out. Either his NDA is like super lucrative and like like fantastic, or he's just like a. Right, like not that bad. There is apparently drama on the Golden Girls set. No, my Goldies. <laughs> the Arthur and Betty White, man. Yeah, they did not like each other. No, three middle-aged women not getting <laughs> along, forced to nope. be together for twenty-four hours a day for fucking twenty years. Yeah. D- tell me no. Here's the thing about the Golden Girls because I've been rewatching it. Um, they have incredible chemistry, obviously, and so when you read about how B. Arthur and and Betty and Be- uh, Betty White didn't get along it's just like wow they really rose above i mean when you fucking hate someone like i do every single member of girly bags (laughs) you really can shine in the moments you can sense the tension i live with one of the members of girly (laughs) bags 